Yo, hey everyone! Welcome back to Zero X Two C podcast, and hey, hey. Uh, yeah, I'm Ryan again, and with my co-host John. And I hope everyone's having a good Sunday. How's your Sunday going, John? Uh, it's going, uh, it's it's going all right. It's going all right. I mean, uh, just a lot of a uh, lot of stuff on my end, but I'm I'm really looking forward. I'm always looking forward to um, you know, any Zero X Two C podcast related stuff, and, and and being able to uh, once again, you know. Stay true to our mission. And I'll, I'll just go first this time. All right, let's do it. All right. So for you, I know historically I've done, like I think in the, in the past two podcasts, I've done a lot of uh, astronomy-related stuff. And I think I went super abstract with talking about alpha and the fine structure constant. But this time I wanted to kind of bring things down to earth. <laughs> Get it? Because I've been talking so much about astronomy. And uh, <laughs> I have an article for you. Um, about a recent development, uh, it comes from phys.org, uh, it, it's from Radboud University, and in 2013, so this is kind of old news, but there's, there's been a lot of uh, new developments with this tech. So it was, it was discovered in 2013, and they found something called um, PIC gel, or uh, the full name, or the full chemical name is polyisocyanopeptide, that's a, like a mouthful, so we just call it PIC, P-I-C. And it behaves a lot like the stuff that um, surrounds the cells in our body. And the kind of unusual property it has is that when you heat it up, um, it, it turns into a gel. But when you let it cool down, it becomes a liquid again. Now, this you know this sounds kind of boring, but the, the really exciting stuff is, is what you can do it, uh, what you can use it for in a medical context. So uh, what they found is that it's incredibly useful for cell cultures outside of the human body, and modifying properties of the gel can actually tune cell growth. Uh, and one of the major applications they're um, flaunting right now from their latest research is the growth of organoids. And for those of you that don't know what an organoid is, it's literally what you think it is. It's like a it's like a mini human organ that's grown from a test tube. So so it has the same like if I were to take a part of your liver cell and, and I could make an organoid, it's like a little. Uh, it won't look exactly like a liver, I imagine, but the complexity and the structure should mirror in some sense, your unique kind of, I don't know, layout of your liver. So, okay. Okay, a question, um, John. Yeah. So organoid, is that, sim- is that something uh, I've seen? I remember on like these TEDx talks, they would 3D print an organ with the, like, from like those, like those tissues from the cells. That's, then... I don't know about 3D printing, um, but it is in the same, uh, same line of tech, you know, like sort of growing organs um, outside of the human body. Um, gotcha. Because I mean, like, have you ever uh, played like the Halo video game series? Uh, I never really, I, I never really went into Halo, but I did, I did watch my friends play all the time. I was more of a Call of Duty uh, diehard fan. Halo, <laughs> Halo had too many lives, and I was like, this, this person's never gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, the only version of Halo I've ever played was Halo CE Combat Evolved because back then I, um, I had like a Windows Seven laptop. And uh, that was the, it, I, I could run it on my PC, but I never, in, never in my life, have I had any other console besi- besides like the Nintendo Wii, which is pretty much like wow. useless these days. But, but in the lore, like because I've read a lot about like uh, sort of the backstory to Halo, they talk about how in the future they have that technology like flash organ printing. If you get wounded in battle, they can like 
like yo this guy needs to do hunt like now let's go so you sure. you like press a button and they just so when i hear about this gel that's what i think like i'm thinking like dude like imagine having a, a vat of gel and like okay well just wait like 20 minutes and you have like a new heart that would be nuts okay wait but what's the name of the gel again it was pe- sort of the p it's called pick P-I-C. Okay, okay. Um, I'll go ahead and, you know, you actually just reminded me. I should drop the URL here in chat for um, any of our um, new, anybody who comes in uh, that is uh, interested in the stuff. And uh, besides that, though, um, there's, uh, they're also interested in in the context of stem cells. So stem cells are a special kind of cell you can find in the human body. Uh, They, they're incredibly useful because they stay in this kind of undifferentiated state. But, Later on in their life, um, if your body needs to heal certain parts, it can, it can differentiate. So a stem cell could become a, a red blood cell or maybe a skin cell or, or a piece of muscle. Um, stem cells can do that. And there's a theory going around that uh, stem cells, for certain treatments, injecting stem cells into the body, doesn't, the stem cell doesn't actually do the work. The stem cell gives off a chemical that triggers your body to then continue the healing process. So what these researchers are saying is that using this gel, they can get the actual chemical from those stem cells instead of having to inject those stem cells like in your body. So this, this gel has like a number of interesting properties oh. that can control cell growth. So, oh, interesting. So I, and with stem cells, I know this popular uh, person, Joe Rogan. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know him, but like I watch him and I know he uses stem cells for recuperating and uh, what was I gonna go with this? Um, but isn't that sort of isn't isn't stem cells also like sort of a new? They're trying to develop some new things with stem cells and like how they sort of heal your your body's like different parts of your body. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, stem cells are um, they've been in development for uh, quite a while now, but it's still very new territory. I think we're just beginning to understand the mechanism behind how stem cells like differentiate because we we know they can turn into all these different cells but the exact mechanism is kind of um kind of elusive we're not too uh at least i think we're not too certain i haven't stem cell okay. like, therapy isn't my main right um, right so instead of injecting it you said this is gel you don't you don't have to you don't have to inject it right is that what right well there's there's a theory that says the stem cells aren't the ones that are actually like oh, doing the work. they 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 secrete a chemical and then your body like that chemical triggers your body to um, do repair work so what they're saying is instead of you know having to dunk all these stem cells into your body we can just get the secretion out and then use that um, as kind of like the uh, therapeutic component um, from what I was able to tell okay wow oh I still like that video game and like like that's that kind of stuff is almost like the stuff of, of science fiction you know like you lose a limb or, or, or you suffer a major injury and, and we can just regrow it. Like, you know how like you grow a plant, you just, you know, pour some water in and it just, it just grow, like it, to imagine, you know, that's, that's within our lifespan. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I was just imagine, you know how people have succulents in front of their house? Cause I have a neighbor yeah. of mine. <laughs> they have like a bunch of succulents. Imagine just a bunch of just livers are like people growing. <laughs> like, I mean, in, their in own real, in real like, parts, uh, that would be insane like cancer research labs they probably like i mentioned the organoids right so there, there probably is a lab somewhere in the world where they just are like oh you know here's that little mini liver i've been growing for a week or so it's i guess it's ready for testing now now do you know how long it takes to grow these i i don't know i imagine not too long but i mean it still I wonder, takes a, 
take some time. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, if you're interested, I mean, you know, I encourage you to, you know, check out like organoids. Um, that's because that's definitely been a, a very, a, an incredibly useful tool um, for cancer related research. And I'm also interested, I, I hear about um, T cells, I think. They're, or do you know, have you heard of those before? T cells? I think T cells are, are related to the uh, immune system. Whenever you hear like oh, a, a, that's right. <laughs> so maybe like immunotherapy, uh, something that's like. But I, I T cells are. I know way less about T cells than I do about um, stem cells. Okay, because I'm thinking. Okay, I don't think it's called T cells. I think there's a certain. Um, it's it's about extending sort of your life, but they they target a certain. Uh, I, I'm I forget the name, but. There's there's much of research. I remember when, when I was studying biology, AP Bio in high school, they're learning how to extend this this uh, certain, I guess, cell that I forgot the name of, but basically it's, it's supposed to extend your you know your youth or it's supposed to extend your life, and but I, wow. I, forgot, I forgot the I forgot the name, um, but I know there's like a whole bunch of research going to that, especially now. I mean, I feel like people want to live longer. They want to look better look look when they're 50 they want to look like they're 20 you know oh yeah absolutely that's always been um something uh that, that uh you know it's been, it's been heavily pursued um throughout history yeah mm -hmm. i think you, you remind me there's been research as well into why certain animals like i, th I think lobsters lobsters don't like die of old age what no yeah they don't they don't die I, i'm pretty certain with lobsters because they'll die of illness <laughs> or if you like you know of course if you like them for food you know of course they're gonna die but but in terms of age like if you if you give them a perfect environment where they're not bothered at all and they can they, they won't they don't they don't die i mean um wow i did not know that yeah. that is that is some, um, there's also like a something called a hydra they, they don't they, they don't die they just they manage to um hmm. uh, i think like continuously regenerate that might be the wrong term but i i'm aware that they don't um that's very interesting yeah that's that's weird. I mean, you yeah, know, honestly, sea life—they live like it, I feel like it's such a different. It's obviously a, a different world, you know. Thinking about squids and how they survive underneath high pressures, like if they're able to be underneath. Have, have you seen those colossal squids uh, on YouTube? Or... Yeah, yeah, I have. I definitely have. I mean, to think that you know they're like sixty meters long. I mean, that's that's insane. And like, oh yeah, I think. You might be talking about, there's another property called deep sea gigantism, mm. and, and scientists still don't know why. It's like, why is it that the further down you go in the ocean, like, why is it that animals get bigger? And, and we still, there are a number of theories, but there's no, like, confirmed mechanism for why. I wonder if that's anything to, anything to do with, like, pressure. Like, if, if the larger your body is, the better it is to, I don't know, to, like, handle pressure. Like, this, I don't know. I'm just that assuming. part of it. Yeah. They, um, one of the theories is like, okay, the pressure does like, you know, it has some kind of uh, a contributory mechanism. But uh, once again, I'm, I'm not, the only reason I know this is because there's a, a YouTube channel, I think it's called like Deep Sea Oddities. Okay. And they, they do, a, they do a really awesome job showing you all the freaky stuff there is like, you know, in, in the depths of the ocean. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And the, those things always freak me out. Um, but uh, I mean, that's interesting. I, we can't even go down that deep. It's, that's like the other crazy part is that. As much as we want, well, I don't know if people want to visit deep depths of, like, of the oceans. We, we can't. Like, we've, we, we, like, right now, our technology, we can't go that, that freaking deep. <laughs> I mean, we, we can, 
like I think it's part of it is like funding, right? Like if you send an expedition down, like the the, the problem with science is um, unless you can guarantee that the result of your experiment has an immediately valuable, like you know, uh, a utility to it, there aren't that many people willing to fund it, right? Like it's why like you know we build those particle accelerators in Europe. Mm-hmm. And you know, some people are like, "Oh, you could have, you know, like all you're doing is like smashing, like, like how will, <laughs> how will knowing what That's the funny. fundamental particles of the universe be, like, how will that cure cancer? How will that, That's you true. know, uh, reduce hunger, you know, across the world?" Yeah. <laughs> No, that's very true. Um, actually, it reminds me of um, I was reading into the new vaccine that was just came out, mRNA, and apparently the person that was like die hard studying this, she, uh, I can't I forgot her name, but oh man, I should I should have noted it, but she couldn't get funding for her like research into mRNA, so they did an article about her. Uh, I forgot the name, but if you probably Google this, um. But yeah, it's the same issue is that if you can't get any funding, you're not going to, you can't do your research. And I think that's right. like, that's the big, like, you know, like pitfall of like a lot of research. And I'm, I'm surprised, yeah, the, the, the whole particle accelerator and uh, what you brought up, like how they convinced the government and organizations to fund them. Yeah, yeah it, it amazes me as well. I mean that 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 was not a cheap project. CERN was definitely not cheap. I mean this this thing like crosses I think the border between uh, uh, two European nations and and it's uh, and, and it has produced a very interesting results. But of course to you and I like to average people we're like you know so what if this particle is made up of you know like that's not going to affect me. Whereas um so it's sort of the same thing with uh, this deep sea exploration right like you're like whoa like. We found a new species of squid, and you know the people are like, "Well, you know, I, you can't eat it, and you can't make medicine out of it, and there's no immediate value." Whereas, uh, you know, for uh, medicine, right, like like the uh, field of, of, of med- medical research. I mean, we want to mm-hmm. find cures for um, diseases that may not have been cur- curable before, or life extension. I mean, that's probably why this this gel might, you know, I, I think this gel is a good chance of being heavily funded in the future. But uh, you make an excellent point, though. That uh, you know, it's just like we're, we're as humans, we're much better at funding things that we think are, you know, immediately applicable or useful to us. But in the long term, you know, we don't really, we're not really um, suited to that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I was gonna go. Um, oh, so this gel, how how like how does it happen again? The the how does it form that 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 tissue or like how does it grow again? Uh, what do you, you mean, like the the stem cells? How does it affect the stem cells? Or yeah, yeah. So like, what do you? How would you like? Make, like, if you were to use this gel, how would you use it to make? Oh, oh, I see what you mean. Um, so the the focus of the gel is like growing cells outside the human body. Right? Mm-hmm. I take the cells out of you, and I, there needs to be a way to control the environment mm-hmm. um, that your cells are growing in. So these this gel can help kind of fine tune the settings required um, to oh, control these cells because traditionally. Um, I think for organoids, they, they used to use tumor extract. Uh, but the problem with using that extract is that it's really unpredictable. Like one extract is not the same as another, which means like, which is terrible for science because one of the, the key pillars of science is repeatability, right? Like mm-hmm. what, if I, what if I told you, Ryan, like I did an experiment and I found out that one plus one equals three. And then you'd be like, no way. If, if this is true, then if I do it, it should have the same result, right? But uh-huh. then you find out like, wait, one plus one is two. 
So then you know that I'm lying. Like maybe there was a, a mistake in my experiment, or or maybe even worse, I'm, you know, I, I have some malicious intent. But um, yeah, so 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 using oh, okay, that tumor extract, um, you know, I might have a, a great success growing cells in one day, and then the next day it's like nothing happens. It, it's um, you know, that's what I think is the problem with the tumor extract. So. Oh, I see. So it sort of creates them. It's basically just it's it's a nice environment for these stem cells to be in, in order to cultivate. Yeah what you need right you can you I have see. a lot of control way more control over the uh, settings than you can uh, as well as like the cell behavior so oh, okay i see i see wow so this article um it's i'm sort of going to combine two articles because uh, they're so related um and it's recent news uh has came out about the uh recently on youtube i, I was watching uh that they're they're uh they're basically, what are they doing again? <laughs> I always have a big part. It's like I'm talking to myself, and then I'm like, wait a minute. And then I'm like, okay, okay, now I remember. Um, but basically, yeah, they're just uh, coming out with the mRNA vaccination. So they're, they're, su- they're supplying it to, to a bunch of these, uh, I guess, uh, hospitals to give out to, to everyone. And, right. um, and in this article... Uh, I think there's always been a question like, okay, this is a new vaccination. Um, what's in it, right? Sort of, uh, and there's there's a lot of people that are scared that you know it's a new vaccination. What, you know, what are the ingredients in this vaccination? So um, uh, recently, in this article, it literally is what are the ingredients of the Pfizer COVID nineteen vaccine? And um, so I thought this was interesting because I personally never really looked into what goes into a vaccine. I sort of, you know, I mean, I don't think that's a, uh, like, personally, I, I, you know, I was like, oh, you know, I wonder what, what makes up vaccines, because I guess I never was really into that <laughs> until now. I was like, oh, okay, it's, it's cool to know what, what makes up a vaccine. Um, and actually, John, do you, do you know uh, any, any, like, ingredients that you would think would go into vaccinations, or do you already know that list? I, like, I don't know the specifics of the mRNA one, but I know traditionally it's always been like they take a um an attenuated i think attenuated is the official medical term but in in layman's terms a weakened version of the virus so your your immune system kind of is easily it's easier for the immune system to fight it off and then your immune system learns like okay the next time i see this you know i'm gonna, i now i know how to kind of you know get rid of this um foreign invader and, and keep the body safe that's like the really high level explanation that's all i know <laughs> Yeah, no, that's 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 right. So traditional vaccines, they uh, they need to basically grow the virus in um, what they use now is chicken eggs. So they'll grow like a lot of viruses on these chicken eggs, which is surprising because I, I didn't even know they use chicken eggs to grow back to grow like these virus are. Hey, it looks like uh, it looks like Scotty said hi to us. Oh, hey Scotty, thank you for uh, stopping by. Appreciate it. Um, but I uh, keep going. Right. So you, yeah. you mentioned that we used to use egg yolk, egg yolks, or like egg. We we still do. So uh, a lot of I guess uh, clinics, I guess laboratories, they'll use chicken eggs in order to uh, to grow uh, the virus. Uh, but I'll, I'll go into more to that in a little bit. So let me give I guess a little history on what like, since when COVID has hit. So um, so the first human case that was reported was uh, to two officials was in Wuhan city, China in December, 2019. So, you know, just, just last year. Right. And, um, so many of the, pay, uh, initial pay, what's up? Hold up. December 20. 
whoa, that means like we're almost in a, a full year of COVID now because it's December yeah. right now. Right. Oh, man. Right. And, and it's crazy, you know, we've been, I mean, stuck inside pretty much or like things have been shut down for almost a year now. Yeah. Oh, it's, my goodness. it's sort of crazy to think about, you know, what, what impacts that will have on, on, uh, I guess, future, you know, and anything like in, in, in market to finance to like, what, like, what will this bring? But right. Right. Um, yeah, but let, let, let's continue. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, so the the full genetic sequence of this virus was um, shared publicly on January eleventh, uh, or uh, and twelfth. They they gave like an approximation date, um, but since then the sequence has shown to have an uh, ecological origin in bat populations. So this is like where that meme came out, where like <laughs> you oh, know oh, they yeah. they were eating yeah you know, don't the, eat the bats or you'll get yeah. Right, and um, so this is uh, this came from the. Let me make sure. I think I'll give the works cited after, but um, and um, so I guess let me give some context of maybe people don't know what what mRNA is. Um, so mRNA is a it's basically a single stranded molecule of RNA, and it has a genetic sequence of a gene that is read by a ribosome, in order to synthesize a protein. Uh, that can be, you know, used in, in our body. And uh, so it's basically, you know, like a strip of instructions that this, what we call ribosome, which encodes this, like, instruction. To right, like the, the ribosome helps build the proteins, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's sort of like the little factories of the cell. Exactly, yeah, yeah, And uh, I remember in AP Bio, I would have to memorize, like, all this stuff <laughs> from like the process of when the DNA sequence comes out of the nucleus to like where it gets transferred to the Golgi oh, apparatus, yeah. oh, sent out goodness. to like the, the the leading the leading and lagging strand. Oh and, like, okay, gosh! <laughs> don't don't um, no. <laughs> the tRNA and mRNA that's all floating around in the cell. Like, oh man! Yeah. I, I don't think I don't think I would have made it far in biology. I think engineering is kind of like. Yeah, man, it's a lot of memorizing. I'd say in biology is it's it's all you got to memorize this, that, you know, this process. Yeah, but I mean, just to you got to imagine like that's over billions of, of years of evolution. You know, like like to to imagine that that um, you know I, I guess for um, you know for people of religious faith, uh, you know they they would say that there is a divine force, a creator, which came up with this process, right? Mm-hmm. But but you know for for uh, the majority, I think of, of scientists uh, who may not have or follow a certain faith. Um, I, I think it's it's astounding to think that just over uh, over these many millions of years, this process could spontaneously kind of um, arise over time. You know, right. All no. these intricate mechanisms. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing about that is also is not now that we're able to under, sort of understand what's happening at that low level, um, we're able to use this technology in in our vaccines like. The, the mRNA vaccine that came out with Pfizer and Moderna. So it's like, I mean, it's amazing to, to like what that, that research went into. Now it's, now we're seeing it being applied in our vaccinations. Right. Wait, so just to make sure the mRNA goes to the ribosome, right? So the mRNA, uh, it basically, it, it comes out the nucleus. I'm 95% sure, but it's basically, it sits, <laughs> it sits in the cytoplasm. And then a it, it, uh, ribosome comes to it, and then it, it, it decodes the sequence. I could be wrong, so chat, make sure uh, 
my AP bio isn't tripping me off that I'm one. I'm pretty sure, like, you're right that it comes from the, but I think when it, it goes to the ribosome, then it has the instructions, like, okay, here's the, um, like, generate this protein using the, uh, or is it, is that another R? Oh, I feel embarrassed now. That, no, that's okay. <laughs> this but to is... be fair, okay, for, for anyone in chat or anyone watching, what was the last time? It was like, what, four years ago? Bio? <laughs> yeah. It's been years, right? It's, it's... been years, okay. <laughs> give, up, give us a break. <laughs> yeah, give us a... <laughs> but I mean, just, yeah, high level mRNA gets this, gets uh, translated, uh, what we call translation by the ribosome, in order to create these these proteins. And specific proteins, in this case, like the spike protein, founded on the COVID uh, surface. Um, okay, so now... Uh, you're right, you're right. Sorry, I, I, I had to look at it because it was, it was bugging me too. I just checked it. It does come out of the nucleus. And then once it hits the cytoplasm, it's up to like the other organelles to figure out yeah. how to produce proteins. Great. But keep, but keep going. Let's go. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, no, uh, so, so we sort of explained the mRNA and uh, vaccinations. So, like, like I was saying, um, so traditionally, uh, the typical procedure in, in creating like traditional vaccines is that you put a weakened or inactive germ um, into our bodies, and then it teaches our cells how to make the protein, and it triggers the immune response inside our bodies to produce the antibodies to, to get the virus away, right? To prevent us from, from, from I guess, from receiving the virus. Getting, yeah, getting sick. Uh, because, I mean, you've already received the virus like already. That's the whole point. So the next time, it's almost like when you study, like you take a, a, a practice exam first, and then you take the real exam, and you're like, oh, this is, yeah, this is easy. I know how to do this. That's exactly what we're doing to the human body. You know, when we give it a vaccine. Like, okay, here, the immune system, here's your practice exam. The immune system aces it. And then when the real virus or foreign body comes in, it's like, I've got this under control. <laughs> right, right. And I, so I guess to compare mRNA um, creation versus the traditional vaccine and when they're making it is that traditional vaccines will take longer because it takes um, a long time to grow large amounts of the virus. Which you gotta they, incubate it, right? Yes, and they incubate it using chicken eggs is what I, I read online, and uh, fact check me on that one. But um, sounds it, it sounded wild to me. Maybe, it, <laughs> uh, but I, when I when I read it, yeah, it said chicken eggs. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Things I eat in the morning are, are being used to cultivate viruses. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so um, now let's go into the meaty greedy mRNA vaccinations. So um, first scientists thought that if we developed the exact structure of the mRNA that made the virus proteins, then we can just inject uh, that sequence into our immune system to allow our body to get that exposure. So rather than injecting like a dead virus or um, uh, I guess, yeah, we can form viruses. Now, if we just have that uh, gene sequence, uh, and we trick our immune system to uh, create create the uh, the proteins. Um, then we're able to the immune system automatically will, will okay let, let's make our antibodies to defeat it. So this takes away from the process of uh, of having to incubate viruses because now we're really just making it in our like in our own uh, I guess selves in our own. Uh, yeah, we use we use the body as the incubator, but we can. I mean, I, I was I would assume that using the mRNA method, we're not creating like a super virulent, you know, like it, it's already like the moment the body sees it, it kind of knows like, okay, like right now, like we're going to um, uh, develop kind of the uh, necessary countermeasures. Yeah, and exactly. And that's uh, another thing that I, I should note is that, yeah, we're not like 
<laughs> we're not infecting ourselves. Uh, this gene sequence we're, we're, that we insert is not uh, going to harm us in any way. Uh, they made that very clear in the articles I was reading because a lot of people uh, like to twist it and say that, okay, well, why are you injecting the virus in, you know, in yourself? You know, those anti-vaxxers, they're like, that's terrible. And, and uh, but yeah. Right. Right. I mean, I mean, they, they always come up with some kind of way to blow things out of proportion. You know, they, they, they you know, they just say terrible things about the vaccine in an effort to deter people um, from taking it, which actually does uh, way more harm than they, um, than they think. So, but right. wow, it's, it's really cool knowing how that mRNA thing works, because I think like before I, your explanation, I mean, I knew um, from the headline, like, OK, mRNA is somehow helping us make this vaccine come out faster because traditionally it takes a very long period of time to uh, develop and, and distribute these vaccines and vaccine development isn't always um, uh, as straightforward as we think it is like I think the headlines I, to I told you about this uh, a couple days ago uh, in Australia um, they, they tried to administer um, Australia's version of this vaccine and it ended up having the uh, crazy you know this unfortunate side effect that people who took HIV tests after taking the vaccine would test HIV positive, even though, you know, they, they did not have HIV. They had, you know, and, and for some reason, the vaccine somehow had this kind of, um, it is giving this false trigger to the HIV test. I think Australia huh. has canceled um, or at least decided to postpone development um, of their version of the vaccine. Because, uh, as you know, uh, like different nations across the globe are uh, developing their own kind of uh, version. I think the UAE, United Arab Emirates, or Emirates, um, they developed their version. Uh, the UK um, had theirs, and we have the sort of Pfizer version. But um, they, they should all be uh, highly effective. Uh, Russia has their own, uh, Sputnik V, although that's uh, mired in some controversy. But <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, so that's interesting. I wonder uh, if they're using the same procedure in, like, I'm assuming they are. But, I think it's all mRNA, but um, maybe like within the company or within the, the, the country, maybe they have some different specifications here and there. Okay. Yeah, then I, I should, I, that would be very interesting to like, just look into like what, what Russia is doing. Or, but yeah, I think hopefully, I mean, I would assume they're the same. I don't know. Yeah, but the company I, is what's different. I think that, that's, that's... Right. Yeah. Uh, they should have... Uh, I, I remember seeing this in the news as well um, is about how the Russian version of the vaccine it's called Sputnik five. Mm. Uh, a lot of people were a little upset because someone in the government, or I think it was a health official. Um, they said, okay, when you take the vaccine, you cannot consume alcohol for two months. Oh, and wow. in Russia's history, you know, there, there's been a, a, you know, there's a, a very high rate of, uh, you know, like people there um, are, are particularly fond of alcohol. So there's, there's a, there, even now, like, there are protests, like saying, "Like, whoa, that's like that's not reasonable. You can't expect, you know." They, they, they thought it, you know, it, it was not welcome news, is what I mean to say. But that's uh, the controversy <laughs> around the Russian Sputnik Five vaccine. You, you know, and I think since Russia is so cold, I heard when you drink alcohol, it actually will help you stay warm. Or is that a myth? Uh, I, I, For I, alcohol I think it gives you that warm feeling, but it's uh -huh. not like. It's not a sustainable thing to do. I think there's, That's true. There's, eventually there's like some kind of detrimental. I don't know what the immediate detrimental effect is, but I know it's it just, you know, it's a temporary um, fix. And, and um, yeah, but alcohol has been like, you know, it's, it's sort of like a major um, part of like uh, the stereotype, you know, with Russia at, at the very least. <laughs> Vodka. 
right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I guess I also uh, looked up the process of these mRNA vaccines. And um, so basically, they first learn how to modify the mRNA so it doesn't damage our immune system um, and produce harmful reactions because a lot of times, well, I guess in vaccinations, um, you're worried about how your body will react to it, right? Because it's an unknown substance that you're, you know, you're injecting into your into your body, uh, and a lot of times uh, these this can create inflammation or things in the future that might occur. Like uh, people have heard from aut- like autism has um, uh, in traditional vaccines, like the I think the f- the flu uh, vaccine, they said that it had uh, it had this certain let me make sure it's a name, but basically this this thing that this ingredient of the flu vaccine contained mercury, and they said that it was somehow connected to autism. And and but although was, you know that's now been like heavily debunked, like the guy's been has his credentials revoked, and it's you know total. The the mercury part I I think is still true. Like vaccines do contain, but I, I think the reasoning behind that ingredient is first of all the amount of mercury is incredibly small mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost it's pretty much near non-existent but i think it was to help your cells absorb um some kind of material like like it, it does have a purpose like it that doctors don't put mercury in vaccines to intentionally harm people that's like one of the most ridiculous things i've ever heard but it, it is there in incredibly like non-harmful amounts and it's there for a very good reason yeah yeah you know, and you took it away that was exactly what i was about to go into is that yeah <laughs> That uh, the mercury it's a very small tr- uh, trace amount, so it's uh, it won't, you know, won't won't, won't kill you. It won't, won't... you. You will not get mercury poisoning. Yeah. Mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, like the amount of vaccine you would have to take to get mercury poisoning is is like insane. I I I I, I don't think I know the exact number, but I, I'm pretty sure like at that point there's probably like more vaccine than there is blood in your body or like like you know human volume, and at that point it's just. You might as well just drink a tube of mercury if you, if you really <laughs> yeah. want. Oh, of, you know, get multiple vaccines, which is you know pretty ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah. So and then so the, uh, after that, once we you know find out that how do we not you know damage our immune system, we uh, uh, we make the mRNA pass through the immune system in a way, and uh, and how we do that is we we coax uh, these cells uh, and we sort of uh, we trick the immune system to accept it. Is really the key takeaway with these mRNA, um, with the mRNA vaccination is tricking our body into taking it, uh, and uh, so I guess yeah. So what, what does the mRNA uh, vaccine sort of, I guess, uh, d- do inside of us? Basically, uh, I sort of had this in my note. I don't know what I was typing, but um, the mRNA uh, will allow us to. Uh, well, the mRNA gives the instructions for our cells to make a harmless piece of the spike protein like I was talking about earlier. And uh, so the spike protein, I think it's very, if you guys have seen pictures of it on the internet, it's like these little spikes on the outside surface of the COVID. A lot of drawings draw it out. Um, and once this protein is made, the cell just then destroys the instruction, the antibodies then realize, okay, there's something wrong. And then the system, our immune system is able to attack it and create the antibodies to fight it off, which I find is very... Uh, you know, the one thing amazing about our bodies is the way it fights off these these viruses and like things harmful to from the outside that enter our body, and how we have like sort of these helper you know helper T cells and uh, white blood cells that attack you know that attack the virus and, and eliminate it. I, 
that's that's such an awesome security oh yeah measure for our own you know for the evolution human immune system yeah is, is a, a phenomenal like, like one of the most amazing pieces uh, of engineering in terms of biology i mean uh for those of you that are interested there's a youtube channel called um Kurzgesagt, I, it, it's a German name, but you can look up. It's called like In a Nutshell, and they have a like I think one or two videos that actually explain like a, a huge chunk of the biological pathways and the you know the immune the immune system has like all these cells that are just lined up like they're they're monitoring your body, and the moment they detect that something's wrong, the immune system's ready to kind of jump into action and and you know do the, do its best to uh, pummel that um, foreign invader uh, out of your body. And uh, it's interesting you mentioned that spike protein. Um, because I, I've actually seen, there's a simulation um, floating around that shows how that spike protein can literally, like you have the sort of molecular, the sort of lipid cell layer, you know, of a normal uh, human cells, and, and the spike literally like burrows its way in, and it does this twisting motion. And this is on a molecular level. Like it, it twists and it kind of tears the cell wall open. And then, you know, it, it, that's how the virus can inject its DNA oh into the... Oh my gosh. It's amazing if you look up the spike protein, and that spike protein has been the subject of uh, intense uh, analysis, not just for biologists, but uh, for chemists and, and people who focus on sort of molecular simulations um, as well. And I, I'm saying this from almost firsthand experience. Um, I, I have a colleague of mine who has been curious, has been using quantum computers to uh, oh. potentially, you know, maybe find some kind of molecular compound or, or, or be, study the behavior um, of that particular spike. Yeah. So it sort of corkscrews its way into there and then yeah. ruptures yeah. the cell. See, it, it, that's, that's so crazy. The goal is to like, you know, open the cell wall so the, the DNA can go in. And right. then that's like, once the virus's DNA is in your body, that's how it like, it hijacks your, um, how your cell would normally, uh, uh, you know, per, uh, maintain itself. One second, John. Quick shout out to bro man from the fifth floor. Thank you for the follow. Much appreciated. Thank you for the support. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I was going to uh, go into uh, you know, virus, because not all viruses are active all the time. Uh, so I remember in AP Bio, we would talk about the uh, uh, the dormant viruses. So they would inject and then they would lay dormant, you know, until there's a certain factor that triggers it and then it starts replicating. Uh, and there's, you know, there's different uh, viruses that, that, will, that will live in the cell or it's going to rupture the cell. Uh, right, because they, they make so many copies of themselves to the point where the, the host cell is driven to the point of starvation or exhaustion. It just bursts. Like if you look mm -hmm. at it under a microscope, it's crazy. It's, it's absolutely insane. Yeah, and if, I'm, if, I'm, if I remember correctly, from maybe Bao, it's the lysosomic cycle. Wait, right? The, there's a lysosomic cycle, and then there's a, which is, which is the one where, where it breaks the cell open, and then the other one is, I forgot, so... <laughs> well, I, mean, it's I forgot four or five years we had biology so. yeah and i remember it was so interesting though because out of ap bio what i learned the most was viruses and just how um cool they were and, and the way that they hijacked you know our, our good looking cells to to <laughs> to do their deeds and they when they can't live on themselves so you know it, it, it's sort of like parasites in the way that they just leech right. on and then dupl they'll, they'll duplicate w without you even knowing it and uh it's just it's, it's amazing you know just these things you know live among us right but they're are they even living they're just wow. you know that's an that's point. yeah um, <laughs> they're they even alive you know like virus viruses straddle like viruses are, are are part of that huge debate like what is life 
What do we consider as life? And you know, for the, the large majority of the scientific body, believes viruses are not living things. They don't they don't fit one of the criteria. And I, mm-hmm. there's like a sort of um, rough list out there, but but it does challenge our definition because it, it looks like it is living. I mean, you know, it can it can self replicate. It can, um, or well, no, it can't self. It needs the it needs a, a, a host cell to replicate. But um, it really um, oh wow okay so hey. reanimated that. Thank you so much for that uh, contribution. It's sort of like one of the things that Ryan and I love to see um, here on the Zero XPC podcast. Yes, fact you checkers. Know. <laughs> yeah, fact, you know, you know, fact checking, but also being able to learn something new. Yeah, this is sort of that a, too. A two way thing. Like you know, Ryan and I are both rusty in our biology, so it's really nice um, being able to uh, learn <laughs> something uh, in return as well. <laughs> yeah. So thank so, you very much. Yeah. Um... And I mean, because you got to think about it. Do these do these uh, viruses have the the plan of like, okay, you know, I'm gonna die soon. I need to go find a, a, a host cell to in order to replicate because that's my life's goal. That's my, you know, it's sort of well, uh, it goes against the analogy of like, does a caterpillar know it's gonna become a butterfly? <laughs> you know, and I think I I I personally don't think it does. Well, I think Ryan and I, Ryan and I had a, a, a debate about this outside the podcast. And, and you know, I mean, I, I gave a very kind of uh, uh, mechanical argument, right? I'm like, well, I mean, first you got to define what it means to know. But I think the, the real reason, like the real line of logic here is what happens is that it's a, it's a natural sort of biological process, right? Like it, it, it just happens. I don't think they, they're, they're very comfortable with it because uh, biologically, you know, they, they've done this, uh, you know, a million times over. It's about... Uh, multiple generations of caterpillar um, or butterfly, but but uh, you know it, it, it's not something like they, they they have to think about, you know, like they just. Well, but then again, you brought up that I forgot what the name of the test was to test oh. if something is like conscious or yeah, it's a very debatable not- test, but it's the self-reflection test. Um, it's it's I think that that's I think that's how you if you googled it, such a search of self excuse me self-reflection test. Um, it's basically a, a psychological test where they they'll mark. And like with a marker on like say an elephant's forehead and and have a big mirror in front of it and if the elephant reaches for the mark and touches his own forehead then there's sort of an argument that it's self-aware that it knows that it's looking at itself through the mirror um or the other way is when the i mean the other option is if the animal or the the object i mean the thing that's being tested is it's going to touch the mirror and it doesn't know that it's like looking at itself. So like if let's see those like dog videos where you hold a mirror in front of them and the dog will go crazy or the cat videos, um, you know. So you know there's a and an interesting fact is that um, babies they aren't well they they with this test they aren't self aware at least it, it's very it's very debated on this test but babies are self aware. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? Well, I, I think I think babies, I think human babies definitely are self-aware. But yeah, so they say that a baby is only self-aware until I think they're uh, eleven months old. I think I think I told you that last time, John. You got huh. people got to fact check me on that. But but they also argue that um, babies don't really care when they're like, you know, growing from like zero to eight months. They don't really care if there's a marker on their head, uh, a mark on their head. You know, they're not really. Uh, you know, like there's an argument like, do, well, how do you know if they care or not? Like, what if they just, you know, don't, right. don't, uh, right. you know, don't care about what they look like through the mirror, you know? So, um, but there's, you know, there's a bunch of arguments on that test. Uh, 
But oh yeah, yeah. I, I didn't explain the ingredients that were in this mRNA, which I was supposed to. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We, we, we went on this entire like heavy tangent of like, okay, do caterpillars? Do they know they're going to become butterflies? <laughs> you know, I kind of want to go back to that after this. We'll, we'll see. All right, fair enough. Okay, fair enough. so we'll, we'll save. We'll save it. We'll save it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. The ingredients in mRNA vaccination, for those of you that are interest, uh, interested in, in, in uh, learning, is uh, they're very simple ingredients. Uh, to me, like I guess in biology, like you hear these these are things found in your kitchen, kind of. So we'll see. So uh, you guys will, will uh, be the judge of that. So the first one, obviously, okay, is it going to be found in your, di- in, in your kitchen? It's the mRNA, which is <laughs> the chip. <laughs> Imagine just having. There's probably like some PhD out there who's going to like knock on your door one day. I was like, oh, hey, Ryan, I think it's like uh, one strand of COVID-19 mRNA. Oh, thank you very much. You know, it's, like, it's not like, you know, like you're knocking your neighbor's door for a cup of flour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, can I borrow that, that uh, half mRNA strand, about a two teaspoon of, of that strand, please? Thank you very much. <laughs> let, me, let me get some uh, guanine and, and cytosine. Like, let me get some of those base pairs just in case. <laughs> and, uh, okay, so... Uh, and this mRNA obviously is important. Again, it helps create that, that protein. Um, and so the exact gene sequence that is said uh, to be used isn't publicly available. So they're, they say they're going to tweak it uh, such that because the virus is always sort of mutating, which is another extraordinary like feature of bioviruses is their ability to adapt and to mutate. You know, um, but yeah, so... The, the next ingredient is definitely not going to be found in your kitchen. So there's the other ones are, though, I promise. <laughs> Fake news. Fake. Just kidding. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's the lipids. And um, so in the Pfizer vaccine, they use lipid nanoparticles to encase this mRNA. And nanoparticles are basically a tiny, greasy sphere. S- sphere? sphere literally you can yeah you can literally call it greasy too because mm-hmm. lipids are kind of like the oil the core component of, of oils mm-hmm. uh, fats yep yeah and um so they protect the mrna and help it slide it slides inside the cells that's what i put <laughs> so it's able to uh sort of sneak past that uh that the barrier the membrane and uh to go straight through and so the size of this is around 1000 i mean 100 nanometers across so i mean this is you know nano sized very small um, and, oh, well, uh, Christian, oh man, I don't want to, do you want to say the last name, John? Cause I yeah, think I'm going to butcher nice. it. Christian, if I get it wrong, do tell us. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I th- I'm pretty confident it's, it's, it's Schneider. It's okay. Schneider. Uh, thank you for the follow. Thank you for the support, Christian. Much appreciated. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for stopping by. Um, yeah. So, um, and so it's a hundred nanometers cross, and there's four different lipids that they used. One primary ingredient is the ALC0315. Now, I don't know how they come up with these names, but it sounds like a robot. And um, and so this... I mean, you remember when I, I had all those astronomy articles uh, talking about how Hayabusa 2 was uh, getting off that asteroid. What was the name? It was, it was Ryugu, but like, it was like Ryugu something 90. <laughs> <laughs> the naming seems are ridiculous. It's absolutely nuts. Yeah, it's like, why did you choose 0315? Is that someone's, like, phone number? They just slapped on to the end of that? <laughs> but so what's so special about this one is that it's ionizable. So um, the, M, the, the RNA is positively charged. So this, is, this becomes negatively charged, and this allows the RNA and the lipid to stick together. So that's sort of like the sandwich, you know, keeps it nice and tucked. And um, 
the other lipids, uh, one which is fairly common is the molecule cholesterol. And now I remember this in AP Bio, cholesterol is on that lipid membrane that sort of acts as a structural, it keeps the structural integrity of the cell, that I know. And it and also helps stop um, clumping. So uh, yeah, so shout out the cholesterol. Oh, wow. Uh, uh whale whale crazy official thank you guys for the follow i i can't really tell <laughs> unless it says wait <laughs> wait tin wait tin ho uh thank you guys for the follow appreciate the support um and so those are the, so we, we gone over mrna the lipids now the salts so um it's the salt is they they contains four salts which is um wow i almost want like four salts but um uh, but anyways, um, one which is an ordinary table salt, and together they, they keep the pH of the vaccine close to a person's body. So salt is super helpful and uh, in, in keeping that pH, uh, I guess, within body within our body to keep, help regulate that that uh, that level, which is really important because in bio, you know, pH if you're off by a slight number, that's gonna mess up your the body, entire. Yeah, your body's gonna go nuts. But also. Right. Um, uh, for those in chat who may not be as uh, uh, sort of uh, chemistry inclined, when we say salt, we don't necessarily mean table salt. Like there's a there's a whole umbrella of compounds that consist of uh, a, a metal and um, I think like a, a it's, it's like a, a halogen, a metal and a halogen, or no, it's an alkali. It, it's <laughs> no, no, I'm okay. It's, it's, I took chem for for years, dude. Like I'm really blanking on what a salt is but, but it, 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 right. it combines two um uh two two classes of compounds and it's just it's an umbrella term so when we say salt um there's more kinds of salts than just table salt is what i mean to say yes sir yeah so we're not this vaccine does not contain well i don't think it contains it, uh, a bunch of table salt from the mit technology uh this 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 article it said say uh, which one which is ordinary table salt which is pretty interesting oh wow so okay. it, it does use like ordinary table salt which you can find in your kitchen hey let's go that's the the first right. one out of the list that i said that they're all going to be from your, <laughs> that they're all going to be from your kitchen mrna <laughs> nobody i don't think like keeps in their like, yeah and they buy they're... you know a jar of mrna yeah and, um, what was the other one lipids mm-hmm. lipids we know you have lipids in your kitchen, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you I guess I'm right oil, on that. Soap, mm-hmm. soap is you know like a bar of soap. You know, usually like when they say like you can make soap out of animal fat, um, you, you're just repurposing those lipids um, because the the hydrophobic nature makes them great for uh, uh, you know getting grime off your hands and other surfaces. Right, the triglyceride fatty tails. That's what I remember. <laughs> yeah, those long, those long hydrocarbon chains. Right, you've got like this this tail, and, and you know our. Our, all our cells, right? It's a, a lipid bilayer, so it's like two layers of of these um, lipids. But so, so I think I think when you said salt, I think salt is the second ingredient that we can find in a kitchen. Yes, sir. Salt that, and lipids. Yep. And so the fourth ingredient is sugar. Wait, is this the third one? No, this is the fourth one, right? One, right, but two, it's, it's three, the third fourth, one yeah. that you can find in a kitchen. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's kind of staggered by one. Uh. So it's sugar, plain old sugar. Uh, part, in this case, it's sucrose, and it allows the nanoparticles from sticking together and safeguarding them for when they are frozen. Because in this mRNA vaccination, it's really important that that uh, well, when they when they store it, it's it's stored at uh, negative 100 degrees Fahrenheit or negative 73 Whoa. degrees Celsius. So it has to be like pretty cold, you know. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the uh, and the logistics for this vaccine are. are... It, like incredibly impressive like to, to be able to ship this stuff i think i was reading from bbc news uh you know like like you have these specialized refrigeration units that have to go on planes and then you know uh once it like once that refrigeration unit gets open 
you got to get that vaccine out like as soon as possible because every time you like open and close that fridge door, the temperature fluctuates and and the vaccine kind of already begins to lose its um, effectiveness. So, but but the logistics are are uh, in, like you know very impressive uh, on a on a huge scale. Yeah. And so the last thing I wanted, the last ingre- not ingredient, because there's uh, that I wanted to hit was that there's no preservatives. Um, and what makes this different from other uh, traditional vaccines is that, uh, but there are no preservatives, which basically means that um, it doesn't. Oh, here's the thing that, that uh, other traditional vaccines contain is called thimerosal. Hmm. Yeah, like thimerosal. I'm butchering it. I mean, you have the link. You might want to you know, drop it in chat. Maybe yeah. The audience can take a look. For sure, for sure. But all the ingredients that goes into mRNA vaccine, uh, the mRNA vaccine, which is pretty like it sounds simple, right? I mean, from a biology standpoint, you know. Wait, so let's let's recap. So you, look, we got we got mRNA. Obviously. mRNA. Got a, a, yep. A pinch of mRNA. We got our. We got, a, we got some liquids. <laughs> Better go Gordon Ramsay on us. <laughs> we got liquids. We got um, what do you? We salts, right? And then we got um, what else? Sugars, right? Sugars, yep. And then you said no preservatives. No, no preservatives. preservatives, yep. So I don't know. So I, we we laughed our butts off at this one, but so nobody nobody keeps like a jar of mRNA <laughs> sitting around in their kitchen. So that leaves at least three ingredients. That's what, yeah. Lipids. So you can find those in oils, animal fats, um, uh, and then you can you have your sugars, um, and then you also have your uh, salts. Yeah. Uh, wow. So you know, I guess the stuff you put you put in your body. I mean, that that sounds pretty darn safe to me. That sounds pretty darn safe. Right, and this goes sort of yeah, in in the context of okay, well, what am I putting my what what, what does this new vaccine have? Right, the ingredients people are scared of, um, but it breaks it down really nicely to the uh, to the general public of what what's in these vaccinations. And I again, I didn't know what like. I didn't know these ingredients. I thought vaccines were pretty complicated that it needed like these certain chemicals, like these certain, like, you know, I don't know, like these chemical terms. Or, right. Or, you know. This sounds yeah. safer than eating, um, I don't know, some foods in your everyday store. You know, when you flip that back, you see the active ingredients or the ingredients of like oh, yeah. some food. It's scary. It's, some it's, that stuff is scary. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, so this mRNA vaccination, I would say is gives me, I would give it the two thumbs up and I think. <laughs> you know is this wait is that our next podcast idea like today we're gonna we're gonna rate vaccines yeah overall i give this vaccine a two out of five let me let me give a little taste test <laughs> does the mrna taste so, good I, hmm. I, now i'm imagining like you know, out, of, out of humor like you know how ign and you know, like there's all these outlets that review video games like, today we're gonna review this medication so so we've looked at the you know statistical results from this uh you know i mean statistics is incredibly important uh, uh, for the medical field because you're, you're dealing with, you know, live test subjects. You've got to, you know, like your, your probability, like P less than like mm-hmm. like a threshold or something. Right, right. Uh, uh, ANOVA or um, chi-squared test. And I'm just imagining like, yo, you know, well, thanks for tuning in to Medical IGN. Today we're going to talk about how this vaccine or this test got like a chi-squared better than... <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, you know, just, just you know, we're both engineers. We geek out about different, you know, there's bound to be um, other scientists that geek out yeah. about like saying like, whoa, we found a particle with a massive, uh, uh, you know, like uh, 21 giga electron volts that we've never seen before. Whoa. Hello, dude. Poggers. Pog in the chat. Pog, pog. 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 <laughs> Imagine if like the science world met Twitch. I mean, I, I've been, I, I, okay, I looked up, I went on Google Images once and I looked up Pog, you know, just because like, I just wanted to see what came up. Uh-huh. And some ESL, is it ESL? English, English second language or is it ASL? 
No, that's American Sign. It's definitely ESL. Like people who learn English as a second language, there are websites that help you, you know, learn and they, they cute graphics and resources. And they're starting to add internet colloquialisms to those websites. And I oh, saw wow. POG is one of them and, and a bunch of other like Twitch related terms. So just, you know, imagine like you're from a foreign nation and you're learning English and like near the end of the curriculum, Twitch, you know, Twitch terminology. So, and, and I... I had a friend of mine, um, I, I was telling him, like, uh, before my job interview, um, I, I was worried, like, bro, I better not say poggers, like, in the <laughs> middle of a job interview. And like, no, this, this algorithm runs in O of N log N time. That's pretty poggers. And I'm like, oh, my God. I really hope oh I don't my. <laughs> I hope not, John. <laughs> that would be uh, interesting. Uh, I mean, you know, once finals are over, I mean, we still got next Sunday. Mm-hmm. We still, you know, we're still keeping the heat on. You know, we got some yes. great articles. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, science, we, we might have to hunker down, but, you know, the field of science and technology never, you know, never rests. Always so. progresses. Yes, sir. Yeah. We greatly appreciate, uh, once again, our uh, new followers, and we, we look forward to uh, next Sunday when we'll have another, uh, another round of the Zero X2C podcast. And for, for anyone that's new that joined in today, again, like John said, appreciate the support, and we'll be back here next Sunday. Uh, yeah. All right, guys. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.